Welcome to the Random City Podcast. Chester Copperpot, he was a pro. He never made it this far. A competitor. He was very good. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Just listen to the old pork chop express. Take his advice on a dark and stormy night. The person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. When Godzilla's coming, y'all be tripping. Where did you come from? From your blood. I'm brute. You will be. You underestimate my power. He's gonna be the third scariest thing on that train. These guys come from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, man, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. Hello, welcome back to the Random City Podcast. I'm Jimmy in Georgia, your host here as always. And I just want to say thanks to you, the listener, for checking out another episode of our show. And if you're new to the show, I see numbers coming in here, here and there. Some people are finding us. The show's really about nothing. It's kind of the Seinfeld type of podcast. I have geeky things I like, whether it be video games, books, television, movies. Most of the time here lately, I've been doing movie talk. But the last two weeks, I've just been doing really random things. And if you're keeping up with the show, you know that for two episodes in a row, our topic was the Ghostbusters 2 trading cards from Topps from 1989. And if you go over on our YouTube channel, you can see all those cards front and back as I go through and read those. And that was our last two episodes. And so, yes, our show is very random and it's about nothing. This week, we're going to get back into some of our movie discussion. And I've got a list of five or six things. Some of these we've missed in the past couple weeks as I wasn't doing my normal show. Uh, last week and the week before, as I said, I was doing those Ghostbuster 2 cards. So we're back to our normal kind of swing of things here for episode 72 of the Random City Podcast. And so one thing I want to mention before I get too far along, I've really enjoyed a reality show here recently, and I'm not a big reality show person, but I've watched season one and season two as of yesterday of American Grit. It stars John Cena, who most people would know from WWE wrestling and or some of his various and sundry television projects. He's on the Today Show a lot, all sorts of different things. But John Cena has a reality show. The first season was more of a military style camp, really, when it came down to it. And the people were really, for the most part, arrogant. (laughs) I don't know. It was an interesting dynamic there. But the second season, it was more focused on people who, as they say in the show, had lost their grit or never had any grit. And so they were trying to help them become better people, become the best version of themselves they could become. And I realize reality TV is very fake. I know. But it's still entertaining in this case. At least I found that it was. I really enjoyed the way, in season two especially, Hannah, if no one else, there's a few other ones that I saw some drastic changes in, the character, if if it is a character, or the person, if it's a person, uh, of Hannah was portrayed one way that early on in the season. You could see that character changing, or and if it's real, the person changing over time, which would be great if that's the case. And there were some other ones, but there were some very likable people on season two, which I think made the show more enjoyable overall. And again, if it's a reality show, it's one of those deals where you go through challenges, your team loses, you can get kicked off the show. And there's some sort of physical element that, in all these things that determines who survives to the end. And so I guess it was Sunday night. They crowned the winner of season two, and we just were able to catch up on that on Hulu yesterday. So if you got Hulu, you can check out season two. It's on there. Season one, I went back and actually purchased 
through our Voodoo subscription. It's not really a subscription, but whatever. Uh, it seemed to have the cheapest price for a season of the show compared to Amazon and some of the other places I checked. So I do think Voodoo occasionally does have really good prices on things. It's not quite as accessible depending on what devices you use. Since it's not on like the Apple TV, or at least not on the Apple TV I have, it may be on the newer versions, but for the a little older school version of Apple TV, it's not included. Although you can airplay it. But anyway, I guess that's going to wrap up our little random chatter here. And we're going to move over into our random movie talk. Let's <laughs> see how many times we worked the word random in here. And maybe a sort of drinking game? I don't know. I'm not sure why. But anyway, we're going to have a few random movies. And I'm kind of near the end focused on a little more probably on two specific movies that are sharing their uh, 30th anniversary within, the, within about two weeks of each other. And so we're going to play some old commercial here. I never know what it is until usually after I record and I go track down something. And we'll be right back. Everybody's swinging into McDonald's for the big summer deal in honor of Disney's big summer movie, George of the Jungle, now in theaters. They're swinging in at breakfast for two sausage McMuffins with egg for just two bucks. Morning, Bill. Mary, what could be simpler? Well, there's George. So we repeat for George, two morning fresh sausage McMuffins with egg for two bucks or two beefy quarter pounders with cheese for two bucks. Swinging back for lunch, wild animals couldn't keep me away. All right, well, the movies I want to talk about today, a few of these have a 20th anniversary, and I'm not going to touch on these real long. Just wanted to briefly bring them up. Um, both of these have somewhat of a sentimental thing for me, and I'll tell you why here in just a moment. And the two movies that are having a 20th anniversary, really a couple weeks ago now, because like I said, the last two weeks I've not done my normal spiel here. I've done those Ghostbuster cards. So back July 18th, 1997, so just over 20 years ago, George of the Jungle, the Brendan Fraser movie, came out, and it's kind of dumb. I get it. It's stupid, honestly. I liked it. It was entertaining, and uh, I thought Thomas Hayden Church was good in it, and it actually was a box office success. Uh, the critics actually <laughs> were on the higher side than you would think. It had a budget of like $55 million, made over $100 million here in the U.S., worldwide made $174 million. Critics on Rotten Tomatoes, 56% of them liked it, which is kind of amazing considering some of the things you see on Rotten Tomatoes. But yeah, I saw George of the Jungle and the next movie we're going to mention here while I was in Alaska. I spent the summer of, of uh, the summer of July. I spent the summer of 1997 up in Alaska. It was a great time that year. It was beautiful. Love that place. So great. I want to go back. I haven't been back since, but it's awesome up there. And so anyway, two two things that I did while I was there that had nothing to do with Alaska, but I still remember them fondly because of this, or George of the Jungle, and the next movie, Air Force One. I uh, saw both of those up there in Anchorage, and it was a, definitely a success. It made over $172 million here in the U.S., 315 around the world. Rotten Tomatoes, 78% with the critics, 66 with the audience. Uh, it's one of those movies we really get to spend a lot of time with the president. We have uh, Harrison Ford as President James Marshall. I mean, honestly, it's been 20 years. You've probably seen the movie. Gary Oldman's a terrorist. They're trying to take over Air Force One. And ultimately, the president is the hero who saves the day. Which, what, what's better than that in a movie? <laughs> I mean, that's what you want to see. The, your leader standing up and, and fighting, for not only for himself, but for the, for the American way, America. So, great movie. I enjoy it. And I saw it when I was in Alaska, so it has an extra special little spot for me. So, July 31st, 1992. So, 25 years ago. 
a little movie came out that was honestly kind of terrible, <laughs> but it spawned something that was really good. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer came out just over 25 years ago, had a pretty awful box office showing of only 16 million critically, Rotten Tomatoes 35% with the critics, 43% with the audience. Christy Swanson was kind of one of those it girls, I guess, at the time. She was in several movies that were popular. She was in Hot Shots. She was in a, a kind of an odd little movie called The Chase. And then she was in a movie not too far after this called The Program, which was about high school slash college football. And that was awesome. And at the time, for me, I thought that movie was like one of the best <laughs> out there. I Like legit. Like my friends and I loved The Program while we were playing high school football. One thing about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, with the movie version at least, Luke Perry's in it. And I've mentioned this on the show before. And, you know, the few people who are listening are probably listening to this other show. So I've been listening to the With B.A.G. podcast with Brian Austin Green podcast. And I've made a Bear Nami poster. And maybe I've mentioned Bear Nami on this show. I don't know. But I made actually three, four versions of the Bear Nami poster at this point. And not too long ago, one of the episodes, Brian Austin Green was talking about being at lunch with Luke Perry. And he showed him really version two of the poster. And he had some critiques. And so, <laughs> so based on Luke Perry's critiques, I went back. And added a few things to the Bear Nami poster, which is kind of funny. <laughs> the fact that Brian Austin Green and other people in Hollywood have seen my dumb posters, I, I find entertaining. So, anyway, check out with BEAG on Twitter or on Instagram. Or you can look at my Twitter, at Jimmy and Georgia. If you haven't seen the posters, it's there as well. But Bear Nami, I think it should happen. Gotta be better than Sharknado. Another movie that I really liked maybe even loved back in the day. This was one of those movies that I really was in favor of. Back in July 24th, 1987, 30 years ago, La Bamba. And this was one of the movies, I didn't see it that summer. It was probably the next, probably the next summer maybe. I don't know exactly how long it took for those kind of movies to get onto like HBO or something. But I remember being at my cousin's house and I'm pretty sure it was in the summertime. It pretty much had to be in the summertime. And I remember us watching this movie, and I'd never really heard of Richie Valens, I'd never heard the song La Bamba before, but we both really dug this movie, and within a few weeks, I'm sure, I had the La Bamba soundtrack on cassette, and one thing, I don't know, this this particular time with my cousin uh, really sticks out with me for a couple different things. I remember he had a kit, like Knight Rider, kit car that lit up, and we played with that. I remember him having G.I. Joe's that I didn't have, and I thought that was fun. And I remember us both pretending we were Daniel LaRusso. I'm not sure where, but somehow one or both of us had the Karate Kid uh, bandana thing that he put on his head, the little white and blue bandana deal. So I just that was just like a fun time with my cousin. And I think there were, there were other fun times with my cousin later on, but as, as years went by, it was more like, oh, we stayed up all night playing video games. It wasn't the same type of, you know, childhood goofing off and playing and stuff. And so, anyway, this is a great movie. Like I said, I love the music, got the soundtrack. Lou Diamond Phillips was one of those breakout stars of the late 80s. He went on, I think the next year, I think it was 88, was Young Guns. Young Guns is awesome. I love Young Guns. Young Guns 2 was good, but not not as good. Even though I like parts of Young Guns 2 better, probably. But yeah, Lou Diamond Phillips did a great job. Great movie, great songs. If you haven't seen La Bamba, check it out. Another movie came out just about 30 years ago. This one, it'll be next Monday. As we release the show today, it is August the 10th. So next Monday, 
August 14th is the 30th anniversary for Can't Buy Me Love. And this is one of those movies I really dug as like a 10, 11 year old. I don't know, whatever it was at the time. And because I don't, I know I didn't go see this in the movie theater. So it was probably not until it was released on VHS, whenever that was, you know, later that year, early the following year. But uh, I dug it. It's, it's kind of weird when you really think about the plot of the movie. It's kind of borderline prostitution almost, but it's not. Like, you know, the geeky guy pays this head cheerleader to pretend she's dating him. And nothing illegal or illicit is going on at the time, but it just sounds kind of fishy. And, you know, of course, it's a movie, so eventually that comes out. But there for a while, Ronald Miller is, like, super popular, and it all ends up well in the end because it's an 80s movie. But it was it was interesting. It was an early movie for Seth Green. And to me, this is still what I know Patrick Dempsey for. When I think Patrick Dempsey, I go back to Can't Buy Me Love. And there was another movie around the same time, Loverboy, I believe. A few other things from around this period. I don't think of Grey's Anatomy or those things. I never watched him. I know he's in him. I know people call him McDreamy or something. I don't know, whatever. But I think <laughs> Can't Buy Me Love. And I think Patrick Dempsey. And then, unfortunately, Amanda Peterson, who played Cindy, passed away a few years back. So that's, that's a sad note on our 30th anniversary for Can't Buy Me Love. But it was it was a fun movie. Again, probably not one a 10-year-old should have been watching. But hey, we've gone down that track many, many times on the show. And that track will continue for the next one as well. This movie, there's these last two. These are kind of be the more, probably spend a few more minutes on these maybe than the others. The last two movies were two of my favorite 80s movies. Both of these movies came out within two weeks of each other. The first being Lost Boys, which was released July 31st, 1987. Had a box office total of $32 million. Rotten Tomato says 73% with critics, 85% with the audience. It's a interesting movie. It's a vampire kind of horror movie. There's lots of funny stuff. There's some pretty cool special effects for the time, especially... Lots of cool 80s stars. And I didn't realize this until I was doing some research. This movie was directed by Joel Schumacher, who went on a couple years later to do Flatliners, which is about to have a remake. And then he also did Batman Forever and the Batman movie I've never seen, Batman and Robin, 20 years ago. (laughs) So Joel Schumacher definitely has gotten a bad reputation since Batman and Robin, I feel. But this was definitely a good movie. I love the grandpa. There's so many things in this movie. The music... Just the, especially if you don't know what the progression is, it seems like David, as Kiefer Sutherland, is the head vampire. It seems like he would be the one you would never expect the guy who's really the head vampire being their dad or whatever. They're just very interesting little things. The Frog Brothers are cool. This was the first Corey movie with Corey Haim and Corey Feldman, who were kind of teenage royalty or whatever. They were in all the teen magazines and, and all. I mean, they, both of them had already had several movies prior to this. Corey Feldman had been in, like, a couple of the Friday the 13th movies. He'd been in Goonies, Stand By Me. Like, he'd, he'd had already had a cool career before this movie. And Corey Heyman had several movies as well. They had several, like, I think in my book, a string of good ones. And then it all went downhill after that. So after Lost Boys, the next year they had License to Drive, which I love. I love License to Drive. It's on Netflix if you want to check that one out. The following year, they had Dream a Little Dream, which was kind of strange, but I still liked it. And I really think after 1989, they went downhill, and they tried to do some more movies throughout the mid-90s. And they were technically both in the Lost Boys sequel like 10 years ago before Corey Haim passed away. 
but that I saw I think I saw that first sequel. They made a couple. I didn't I didn't really care for it. There were other stars in the movie too, apart from the ones we've already mentioned. Jason Patrick as Michael. And then I always thought it was cool that Alex Winter, or as I know him, Bill S. Preston Esquire, was one of the vampires named Marco. <laughs> and so, I don't know. Lost Boys, fun 80s movie. Fun kind of horror, kind of humor. Kind of that mix. And cool music. I mean, check check out Lost Boys. If you haven't seen it or haven't seen it in Lost Time, I haven't seen it in forever. I wouldn't mind watching it again. Uh, the next, next movie is the same way. I haven't seen this movie in probably a decade. I remember getting it on Netflix. Back in the day, back in the day when you used to get DVDs from Netflix. But Monster Squad has its 30th anniversary on Monday. It came out August 14th, 1987. With the gross, uh, this is very impressive, $3.7 million. <laughs> That's so sad. The critics from Rotten Tomatoes are 53%. The audience at 78%. And, and to me, this is, there's a string of these type of movies in the 80s where the kids were the heroes, the kids saved the day, the kids saved the world. Uh, in some cases, they didn't necessarily save the world. This, in this way, they kind of did, I guess. They saved the town. But you basically had these 80s kids fighting the universal monsters. It's cool. It's a great idea. I love it. <laughs> One thing that's weird but interesting, this movie was written by Shane Black and Fred Decker. Shane Black, you may be familiar with, he wrote the Lethal Weapons movies. A few years ago, he did Iron Man 3. He did another movie I really liked, no one else probably did, called The Last Action Hero, where the, the movie came to life and Arnold Schwarzenegger from the movie stepped out of the movie screen into the real world. Great idea. Fantastic, creative, different kind of stuff. Decker, Fred Decker, also directed this movie, I think. Um, I'd have to double check that. But he also wrote House and House 2, which are kind of weird 80s horror. I mean, if you haven't ever heard of those... I'd say check them out, maybe. I don't know, I haven't seen them forever. But I remember being kind of freaked out by the first one. I thought the second one was a little silly, even as like a 10, 11, 12-year-old, whatever it was. The interesting thing, this duo has worked on the screenplay for the new Predator movie. So if the new Predator movie called The Predator doesn't say from the people who brought you the Monster Squad, I'll be disappointed. One thing that always sticks out, even, you know, thirty, literally 30 years later, Wolfman's got nards. I mean, that's that's an iconic line from this movie. <laughs> oh, it's, it's great. Oh, man. I mean, apart, even a, a scratch the, the kids saving the world aspect. Just having all the universal monsters together. Even, I don't even think this was a universal movie. I have no idea. But having Wolfman and Dracula, the mummy, Frankenstein, the creature from the Black Lagoon, all these people all together. So cool. And I guess, I don't know if that's ever going to happen in this dark universe or whatever they were trying to call this universal monster movie cinematic universe that I don't know what the status is since the mummy did so poorly, but, uh, they did it here and it was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun and they just don't make movies like this anymore. Good times. Good, good times. Well, I guess that's going to wrap up our random episode here of the random city podcast. I'm going to tell you all the ways you can get in contact with us. If you don't already know and haven't you know, heard this before, you can email us at randomcitypodcastgmail.com. You can call in or text the show 77371-RANDOM. You can find us on Twitter at Random City. We are on Instagram at Random City Podcast. You can also listen to the show in iTunes, in Google Play, in the Satchel Player, and if you look for the Jimmy and Georgia radio feed, you can find that in Stitcher or iTunes. And if you want to, you can follow Jimmy and Georgia radio on Twitter, or you can follow me, 
at Jimmy and Georgia on Twitter or Instagram. So if you have any thoughts about our movies for today, any of these great, mostly 80s movies, send them in any of those various ways. We'd love to hear from you. And I guess until next time, I'm Jimmy and Georgia. Peace. <laughs>